We made it. Ten strong, I mean strong episodes of the Foul Life Podcast. Wild Foul, Giant Gear Issue 2021. What'd y'all think? I know y'all enjoyed them. Great guests, great topics, great insight, great instruction. I thought it was awesome. I think that we topped last year, and I knew that that was going to be hard to do, but we're just going to recap it today. We're going to celebrate the magazine. We're going to celebrate the success of the magazine, and we're going to celebrate the priest success that y'all are getting ready to have during the 2021-22 waterfowl season in North America. Are you guys north of the border? Are you girls north of the border? Did you go to Alberta, Saskatchewan, or Manitoba, Ontario? Or did you get out to the early season geese in North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota? Are you getting ready for opening day, early season, blue wing, green wing, cinnamon wing, teal? Are you in Texas, Louisiana? Where are you going to be hunting teal at? I'm fired up. My co-host, the one and only Skip Knowles is here. He's ready for teal. I know he loves getting after him with a 28 gauge. Skip, are you happy with the first 10 episodes? We did it again. How fired up are you? No, I'm really stoked, Chad. It's uh, like you. I'm like, how do we, as we started out, you were looking at doing 10 podcasts in basically three weeks. Um, or it's an ominous task and it takes a lot of work. And I was, uh, you make it easy for sure. But I was really uh, wondering as well, how are we going to talk last year? And I felt like um, some of our, some of our episodes for sure were, were right in there. I'm really, I'm really happy with it. We had a bunch of awesome rock stars on and as all, always, it's a labor of love and a real uh, learning experience and exciting to hear from all these people like Terry Denman and Chad Mendes and Tony Vanmore and all the other folks we're going to talk about. Yeah, you, you mentioned Terry Demon. We started off with Terry. The decoy section I'm holding up in the gear issue. Decoys are cool. Um, they're just neat, right? They're, they're one of those things. There's options for the end consumer. There's shelf appeal. There's things that you need to take into consideration when you're hunting ducks and geese. And what kind of arsenal do you want to have? Are you going to have? And is it all floater duck? Or do you mix in some Canada's or spec floaters, some white floaters to bring more color to your spread? Um, do you have a big dry land spread? Do you have an enclosed trailer? Do you have them in six slot bags and 12 slot bags? And uh, Or do you have them on shelves and you go and you make your custom shelves? But everybody loves decoys. Most nostalgic waterfowl hunters if you go to duck lodges or duck camps guys that have been in the 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 industry or not in the industry just love the art the art of waterfowling decoy carving all the way back to the existence of this culture and lifestyle has been very important and now today we're living in an era that i mean the decoys look just like ducks and geese you can make them swim like them terry demon's responsible for mojo revolution and how it's changed the way we hunt so decoys are interesting they're nostalgic but they've also evolved i love the part of the hunt that evolved that comes with the spread and how are we going to look the most realistic to those approaching flocks of ducks and geese and you know decoys are a big part of that so i thought i thought terry did a great job the conversation was awesome and how do you get better than terry demon yeah it's not going to happen that guy's got such he's so freaking genius for one thing and his historical perspective zinc's the same way his scientific approach to waterfowl you're practically a waterfowl historian at this point um listening to you sometimes it cracks me up some of the stuff that you mentioned that I didn't know in terms of past organizations and base ground roots for, for all these things. But Terry, I mean, it's rare that you meet one man who's so responsible, spot responsible for so much. 
um, revolution within the sport. It's just amazing what he's seen, done, and experienced, and keeps striving. He's never satisfied. He's always talking about the next thing, whether it's a line of coot decoys, <laughs> which well, I thought I thought that was kind of weird when they first came out um, just recently. And then he explained his thought process behind that and behind the flock of flickers and all the other things he's come up with. And it all makes total sense. Yeah. Just, I mean, I don't know how old Terry is. I don't know if anybody no, knows how old Terry Demon is. It's a mystery, no, really but is. the dude can just, he can roll with a 10 year old. He can roll with a 40 year old. He can roll with a, you know, whoever it is. I've just seen him, the conversations that he's had. And I've been on duck hunts with him, goose hunts. I've been on pigeon hunts in Idaho with him, like, predator hunts and shotgun and coyotes and he's just always dissecting the hunt but he never lets it take the fun out of it and that's what's important and special about somebody like terry demon is that as keen as he has to be as as focused he has to be and in tune with what's going to work in the field because he's always in product development right he's always in research and development every hunt every minute of the hunt terry's mind is how can I engineer that better? How can I engineer something for that? How can I do this? How can I make the the original mojo better? And now we have the King Mallard and we, and it just keeps innovating. And that's the secret to success. And the number one thing that I always learned from Terry though, is that he's always having a good time too. So I don't think that as many hunts as he's been on in as many different places and countries and continents that he would be doing it now in life if he didn't thoroughly enjoy it. So having Terry come onto the podcast was awesome. We moved on to blinds with your good buddy, my good buddy, Tony Vandemort, Habitat Flats in Missouri. I don't know if, if there's anybody that knows the game better. I'm not saying that there's not people out there that know it just as good, but I don't think there's anybody that knows it better for being in your 40s or younger than Tony Vandemort. He has great partners in the McCauley Brothers and others at Habitat Flats, but, man, he's just got a lot of knowledge, doesn't he, Skip? Absolutely. He's a... Uh... A lot of people are like, well, if I had all that private land, I'd shoot the heck out of birds too. But if you understand how many people he um, he guides with and for every, I think he does 2,000 bed nights total or something like that. I hope he doesn't um, call me and, and yell at me for that. But it was way up there. And I can't imagine trying to hold the super smart modern ducks that are um, sometimes spurring, uh, spurning open fields and you're dealing with weather. Last time I hunted there with him, we had the Mississippi, well, it was 30 miles from the main Mississippi, but the water rose 25 feet overnight. It was kind of terrifying. And uh, he deals with all that, um, that washed away all, all the food crops he planted, you know, to hold birds. And he's got to keep fresh birds for high paying clients, you know, one after the other, after the other, that's a whole different kind of pressure cauldron, but he, he insists it's not work because he loves it so much. But yeah, that kind of boots on the ground experience that he has. He's a, 365 day a year waterfowler, 100%. And the reason we wanted to have him on for the blind section is that Tony could come on for calls. Last year he did shotguns with us. He could do ammo. He could do choke tubes. He could do decoy. I mean, the guy has been there, done it all. But the reason I wanted to talk to him about blinds and the same that you wanted to talk to him, Skip, was he hunts in a lot of different scenarios. He could be in a stilt blind. He could be in a, a structure blind. He could be in a pit blind. He could be in ground blinds and corn. He, he could be in a panel blind. So when you're, when you're running that many hunters and you're, and you're always trying to keep them on the birds, you might not have a pit in a certain spot that they're using and Tony's got to get creative. So I thought through that approach of, of, of having different hunters, having all this different access to where, you know, he might have to change the X or he might have to run traffic or he has to do something to keep his clients 
client satisfied and on the birds, giving them the best potential opportunity to have what we have termed, quote unquote, which gets thrown around a lot, the hunt of a lifetime. Okay. It doesn't take much to have the hunt of a lifetime. It can be one mallard duck the last minute of the day just comes in and does it right with that last little bit of sunshine glowing off that iridescent purple and green head and those orange feet. That's the greatest, right? Like Tiger Woods said, it might just be one chip shot that brings me back the next day. I could be brutal all day and one chip shot that I land in the, by the cup brings me back. And you know, that's what the great, how the great ones think. Not everything's going to be perfect. So Tony knows not every day is going to be perfect, but if he hides his hunters and gets good concealment, his, success rate or the chances of his success rate going up are you know that that's what that's what brings those numbers up for him is not getting picked apart by live ducks or live geese so tony's been there done that with all type of apparatuses when it comes to concealment and blinds and i thought he did a great job you know talking to the audience about what it takes to be successful when it comes to concealment yeah there's not much he hasn't seen it done when it comes to waterfowling that's for sure he is, uh, um, he's a rare gem and, uh, I can't imagine what he's going to be like, Chad, in 20 years, as knowledgeable as he is, I don't know, he's 40 years old or something, 40 around there, but he's going to be just one of the all time greats if he stays with it. I can't imagine dealing with the pressure because the great expectations of his formidable reputation in the outfit, people show up with great expectations. Um, they have high hopes when they get there and and to meet that um you have to be an expert in every single aspect of the of the sport he tries to put most of his duck hunters on water and he tries to hunt water as much as he can um but you know we talked a lot about a frames and everything he does to be mobile and hostile and even the great tony vanamore has to (laughs) i think that in 20 years to answer your question in my opinion He'll look the same and he'll be doing the same shit. He might have a little bit of wilted skin because the dude gets a lot of sun, you know, for a waterfowl hunter. He's like me. He doesn't like the sleeves on the t-shirts in the summertime. So you're always going to have that Tony Vandemore farmer's tan, but I could just, his passion's going to be there with his kids, his grandkids for many, many seasons to come. And it was a blast having them. I, I love the, I, the fact that these guys will give up their time. You know how busy they are. They give up their time to come onto these podcasts. You know why? I'd like to think of it, you know, that it was a, a lot to do with our friendship with with Tony. You know, my friendship is why I said yes, but it's his respect for the magazine, his respect for you. Like, they know what wildfowl means to our community of hunters, our industry, our duck camps. Then we moved on to these, which is some, a lot, I, probably besides dogs, this could be most duck and goose hunters' favorite part. We all want to be good callers. And this year we had two extremely proficient callers on the first one was chris cifrio founder and owner of jargon game calls the dude knows his way around a duck call on skip oh boy man it's just a treat to i'm not working when i get to be on a podcast with him and listen to him talk everything uh, that he uh has taught us on these visits with him have just been astounding then we moved on with part two of our call. We did two. We gave the we gave the the listeners and fans of Wildfowl two call episodes. The next one was probably the greatest all around caller of all time. I don't know. Hunter Grounds is pretty legit, but Freddie never really has demonstrated his on stage presence to the new generation of callers. But to run a duck and a goose call, 
there's not many better at all of it all around than Fred Zink, if any. The guy is on a different level. Hunter Grounds, Kelly Powers, there's some good combo, but Fred Zink's right there with the best, in my opinion. Having Freddie come back and talk about vocalizations and vocabulary and talking to Ducks and Geese, and you brought up the scientific part of it. The dude's just a nerd, right? Oh, he's totally an amateur ornithologist. I hope I got that word right. He's not even really an amateur. He knows more than most scientists from all his fields and you say duck duck and goose nerd. Yeah, he just has spent so much time just out there when he's not hunting, just watching them and learning. And uh, that really is reflected in all his 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 knowledge. Like, you know, talking about geese that aren't moving are nervous geese. They're unhappy birds. And most of our decoy spreads then by you, you subtract from that, you deduct from that that most of our decoy spreads, especially for geese that lack motion look like a bunch of scared, frightened, alert birds, not happy feeding birds. And you just, just learn so much from Fred anytime you talk to him. I just am shocked. I'm like, okay, now I've heard it all, right? No, next time you talk to him, you're going to learn something else. And he's another one, like we mentioned with Animore Skip, is that the, 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 the best in this game, in my opinion, are well-versed in all of it, okay? They can run a boat motor, which we're about to talk about. You know, running one of these surface drives, right? It takes practice. Well, I've seen Freddie do it. I've seen him run his boat motors like crazy. I've seen him just own a decoy spread. I He understands flagging better than anybody I've seen. He hunts over mojo. He understands a jerk string. He understands calling and vocalizations and vocabulary and jargon, if you will. He also understands processing and butchering and cooking and prepping duck and preparing ducks and geese. He understands the accessories. He has some of the greatest dogs I've ever hunted over. He understands scouting and binoculars and optics and everything that goes into that and garnering permission, no matter where you're at. So to be good at it, that's what our point was from the beginning of this, this puzzle's big and to get all those pieces to fit together and create that masterpiece of a puzzle, it takes a lot of consistency, proficiency, passion, love, work, elbow, grief, sweat equity and these different sections of the wildfowl gear issue they lay it out perfect so fred zinc's another guy that i could call up and go hey i need you to come on here and talk about duck recipes he'd be okay no problem and he and he knows how to throw it down right because he understands skin and fat and rendering and and the the temperature and the internal temp and all of that so fred's freddie's another one of those kind of guys would you agree oh i love what i love about him yeah we actually talked about that he talked about having to pace his hunts in canada and stuff based on how many birds they could eat. <laughs> he's, he's a real deal in that regard. What I really loved about um, Tony and, and particularly Terry Denman and, um, and Zinc are their honesty. They'll never say my product's absolutely it. You're not going to succeed without it. Terry Denman will tell you when to shut the mojo off or when to get it out of your spread and put it off to the side. And when it's not effective, he won't say it's effective all the time. It's, I remember Zinc talking about decoys last year and he admitted he, I was, for a guy who doesn't sell silhouette decoys, he said, silhouette decoys are probably the most lethal decoy there is. Do you remember that, Chad? Yeah, I couldn't believe it because um, he doesn't sell them. He sells, you know, those beautiful Avenex full bodies. But uh, I just love the honesty that those guys come with, you know. I don't know if I could tell you that Wildfowl Magazine is not the greatest waterfowl magazine on earth um, with a straight face, but they, they do that every day. They don't say that. <laughs> they say that um, their product isn't, you know, something you can't live without. They'll, they'll just tell you how to use it to be more successful out there, which is what Wildfowl is all about, too. I think so. I think that that's what people really can garner out of these, not just the gear issue, but I mean, it is the Bible of duck and goose hunters, like I've said. But every, I just read the, an article in the September issue that I know the guy that wrote it about 
Life Support Canada is. I don't know if you've read this piece, Skip, but it's pretty much so much about we never had anything like California waterfowl. I was so thrilled to get that piece in there and that huge in-your-face lead photo of these giant geese, big honkers buckled up. And there's some redneck in the foreground with a sleeveless trademark shirt on. Um, <laughs> it, I do want to say <clears throat> we I, I made a huge mistake at faux pas in pr- production or editorial. I did not give Skip and his crew at Wildfowl the name of our photographer. All of those photos in that piece, and I think everybody should check it out, Skip, because you mentioned the first one of those geese back flapping into that green headgear decoy spread. Tom Rashishine, at T Rashishine, R-A-S-S-U-C-H-I-N-E at Instagram. Tom Rashishine, in my opinion, is the best there is in the outdoor industry. And I know there's other great ones, but I just don't think that they are as good or as better than Tom. Tom, I'm sorry for leaving your name out in the September issue at Life Support Canada's, but Tom Rashashin took all of those photos live on set during the hunt, during the butchering, the processing, visiting Mr. Mike Cullen's home. He took all those photos. It was a great week. And Tom, again, my sincerest apologies for leaving your name off. I felt like an idiot, Skip. Yeah, well, I'd love to share some of that blame. I appreciate you uh, falling on your sword. But, you know, at the end of the day, we should have maybe asked more questions, too. But you're, you're right. You can't say not enough about Tom and some of those some of those nighttime type photos he turns in. They're just incredible. I'm we'll really have jealous. a cover with you someday, Skip. Tom's going to have a cover with you someday. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking positive. I think that the, this might be the year, man. Ned, we move on to Boats and Motors. We had the founder, the owner of Gator Tail, the Gator Tail Nation, Louisiana. Let's send our prayers down to the families of Southern Louisiana along the coast and New Orleans and South and what they're going through with the hurricane. Our prayers and thoughts are with you. I've talked to several friends down there that we've hunted with, we've shared camp with, and we've talked about how important the Cajuns are to our duck camps and the gumbos and the etouffees and the jambalayas with speck legs and mallard meat. I hope you all are safe. Skip does too. But Kyle, Gator Tail Nation, Gator Tail Boat and Motors did a great job. And we learned a lot about these shallow driving motors and boats and how to become more proficient at it and when to practice and some of the do's and don'ts. Another great episode, Skip. Yeah, he was, it was really cool. We raised this specter about, you know, three or four years ago, it seemed like a lot of folks were coming out against um, those kind of motors and the use of them and calling them destructive and this kind of thing. And he really had a great emphasis on um, making sure they're used responsibly. Don't don't go joyriding in them, essentially. He said, use them to do what you have to do, to go where you have to go, to enjoy yourself outdoors, but, you know, use them responsibly. It's a lot like the ATV revolution, you know, 20-something years ago, when people were kind of going crazy on the National Forest with them and the rules weren't really in place. He said some self-policing and some awareness and some education from within our ranks really helped turn the tide. So, um it looks like we're going to have the opportunity to use those motors for quite some time. We, that's when we have to remember it's not a right. It's really not a right. They can ban them on public water pretty easy if uh, the people are too reckless. But, you know, we didn't make it a, a Debbie Downer episode. It was I love Kyle. He's so much fun. I'll do anything just to hear him talk with that, that accent. And he talked a lot about food and why there's not a bunch of skinny Cajun duck hunters, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love their food. But, yeah, safety first. Practice in the off-season. Always have your vests in there just in case. But be careful. You're going out in the night. There's other boats around. You got kids. You got dogs. You got a lot of responsibility running these boats. Always wear your safety cord. All right? If something does happen, you hit a stump, you take a bad turn, you get thrown out of the boat, it happens. 
That safety cord is going to ensure that that motor shut off completely. That prop's going to quit spinning. Trust me, wear your safety cord. I've heard too many stories. Not a lot, but I've heard too many. One's too many. So let's be safe out there in our boats. Let's respect other hunters. If you're going out at 8 o'clock or 9 when the sun's up, just putt around. Don't be too loud. Don't go mess with the raft of ducks. Let things happen in nature. Let it be natural and organic. Like Skip said, it can be revoked, this right of the shallow water motors like the Gator Tail and so many other great manufacturers out there. Let's not get that right taken away. Let's use them with dignity and respect. We move on to Mr. Pete Fisher, who represents the brands of Yukonuba Dog Food and Dog Tree Training Collars. Uh, the Retriever Accessories portion of the book, very important, Skip. You know why? Because we love dogs and they got to be healthy. They don't have a voice. They can't tell us they're sick or they feel bad or they got a pulled hamstring or they just don't feel like going out. I made a remark in that podcast about how a dog can be in deep sleep, having one of the sweetest dreams of his or her life. And here us, our footprints, our foot, our feet coming down the kennel and boom, and they are up ready to go to work. There's no human being in the world except our soldiers that fight for our freedoms that are up and at them like that, ready to rock like a Labrador duck dog. Do you agree, Skip? No, oh, man, it's just... So, so for some guys, I love to feather float them through the air. I love the guns and the loads, the boats, the gear, all that stuff. So much the adventure of going and chasing, you know, king eiders, the travel involved with uh, waterfowling. But man, for so many of us, the dogs are just a titanic part of it, just huge. Um, and it detracts so much from the experience when you don't have one or when you have one that maybe you could have taken better care of and you let something happen to that dog. And we, we talked a little bit about that kind of thing, how even surface temperatures of water, as humans, whenever we jump in the water, you're going to cool down. I jumped in a big reservoir last weekend. We're doing some wake surfing right, right before hunting season starts. And water temperature, surface temp was 85 degrees. It felt really cool to me and refreshing. And, um, but to a, a lab that can't sweat and can only get rid of heat to basically their mouth and their paws, it's a... We got it. They can actually overheat in surface water. It was a trip to hear that. And then he was talking about uh, their pads, right? How walking on a hot surface surface can really be bad for a dog. Again, we wear shoes. We don't think about that. I learned a lot from that guy. Yeah. yeah Pete Fisher. We were going to have him on again pretty soon on a, another dog trip episode with the badass trainer, Brad Arrington from Mont. We're going to, um, we're going to have Pete Fisher back on soon with uh, Brad Arrington from Team Mossy Pond to talk about collar conditioning and, and training. Because I think it's there's a lot of questions behind it, you know, from the ethics to the operation of those collars. I understand what they are. You understand how beneficial they are, how ethical they are. Um we're going to talk, we're going to keep talking to the audience and getting as much education out there as we can from sporting dog and accessories. We moved on to the shotgun skip Knowles. the shotgun you shoot way more brands than i do i'm a benelli guy okay i ain't afraid to admit it it's the best shotgun made i know there's a lot out there i know you're a fan of benelli but on this podcast we had george thompson thompson he is product development for benelli usa and we had chad money mendez who talked to us about his upcoming bare knuckle fight his illustrious ufc and wec mma career great guy huge passion for the outdoors i could tell you love to talk to him would you want to take a punch from that guy skip Knowles? not after listening to you talk about it that was a that might have been my most fun one i don't of this uh of this series this year it was really really neat to Talk to him about the, we talked about how duck hunting has the curious habit of 
becoming surprisingly physical sometimes. And uh, he talked about how he gave some good examples of some hunts that he's been on where he, um, you know, being in shape, the kind of superhuman shape he's in, the kind of shape we'll never be in, um, it really made a difference. And it was, it, I don't know, I got some uh, inspiration out of it for sure. But listen, you talk about wearing a full body suit or whatever, <laughs> and just about cracking your ribs and you're a big stout kid anyway. Uh, him finding the one seam in it and about popping your ribs was pretty funny. Yeah, he, it was, uh, he hit me hard. Oh, it's, it was neat to hear about the evolution of why he would go into bare knuckle too. Um, when he has such another skill set, he's like, "You ever been kicked in the head?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he loved and he loved shotgun. And I've been on many duck and goose hunts with him, and he absolutely loves the art of shotgunning. He loves archery. He, I know he shoots some rifle at some big game animals. Killed a heck of a sheep in Utah last year. But just to hear him talk about shotgunning and his Benelli and and those geese on top of him or those ducks floating in and cooperating in the sunshine, it's cool to know that all these different lifestyles can be brought together. All these different walks of life. Life, that hunting's the common denominator. A shotgun is a responsibility and it provides a lot of awesome memories and stories for us as long as it's respected and taken care of and used the right way, operated the right way. And, and it provides a bounty for our families. I know for a fact of knowing Chad Mendez for as long as I have now that he eats wild game every day of the week, multiple times a day. And so do I. And I'm sure you do too, Skip. And a, a shotgun's a big reason for that. No, absolutely. Chad's a, a, an avid on every level. You can tell he's just consumed with it and all about, all about wild game and eating it. And he talked about even when he was competing at, at the peak of his career in competition, wild, wild uh, game was absolutely it. It's about all he'd eat. And he'd guarantee, he said that if uh, they give you a piece of beef and a piece of wild game, whether it's elk or goose meat or whatever, that he's prepared it. You will absolutely prefer the wild game when he's done with it. And that's a pretty big boast. So, yeah, and he's a partner in our provider brand and helped us develop these dry rubs. And he can cook. I mean, Chad Mendez can throw down on wild game and, and I mean, beef or chicken or pork too, but he prefers wild game and wild fish. He loves chasing animals and, and, you know, pretty much harvesting them with the right way, ethical and legal means. He's great at it. We moved on. Well, let me say thank you to George Thompson too, first, because yeah. George is one of the busiest guys in the world with Benelli and all of the innovation that they're coming out with. So thank you, George, for taking time out of your day. Cause I know that you're absolutely slam busy all the time with your duties and responsibilities at Benelli. So thank you, George. And I know George is a good friend to you, Skip. Yeah. He's one you endlessly learn from as well. He's always the smartest guy in the room and all the little nuances of shotgun. And we all know the basics of choking loads and chamber length and length of pull and the, the fundamental things, but, He's always got that one extra insight into almost any aspect because he's helped design so many of those wonderful Benelli shotguns. Yeah, he he's at the forefront. He speak he speaks Italian. He visits Italy and Luca and does the does the deal over there. I'm going to be over there visiting the Italian soon. Hopefully, we're able to fly over there uh, this year. If not, it's going to be 2022. I'm sure. After we talked shotguns, we moved on to the next part of the shooting system, the chokes and the loads. We had. Dan City of Compton from Federal Premium Black Cloud. And we had the man, the myth, the legend from Arkansas, Rob Roberts. It could possibly be the biggest gun nerd I've ever met. But another great episode talking about ammo and 
ballistics and patterning and choke tubes and the shooting system overall. We work with high-vis sites and all of this together, I feel gives me and our crew the confidence to be successful in the blind on a daily basis. And I think that confidence in your system is key, right, Skip? Oh, it's those guys are they're just too much fun to talk to. They um have they could we wait in on uh, whether three and a half inch shells are gonna be around forever, when they are relevant. Um and talking, he, Rob Roberts confessed his love for the 28 gauge. I guess it's a lot more efficient than uh, for its size than, than most people are aware. And, um, and then we talked about how, but the 12 gauge will always be king. And uh, those guys are just, they really know their stuff. And it's, it's so much fun. Thompson's uh, always just two steps ahead of everyone when it comes to uh, the development of shot, shotgun shells and loads for uh, duck and goose hunting. We talked about how much, uh, Bismuth has risen so quickly to kind of fill the gap between the super expensive tungsten and the, what, what role does steel still have and where is it most useful and relevant and make the most sense. So it's, a, it's one people don't want to miss for sure. Those guys are a gold mine of, of knowledge. And Dan Compton from Federal Premium, like I stated before, he that you know they've acquired some other brands lately, and we talked about those brands. And he knows there's other manufacturers of ammo out there. The most important thing is that it gets built right. That it's that it that you can depend on it. That it's safe. That it does its job because we are taking on that again that responsibility of aiming our gun and pulling that trigger and sending that black cloud or those BBs down target and, and killing a duck or a goose. That's a big responsibility. We don't want them to suffer. We don't want any cripples. And if they are cripples, we want our dog to go get them. And that's what a dog does. He sniffs it out, and that that bird doesn't go uneaten by a human being. You know, we, a hawk can come down and get it, a coyote. But we give ourselves the best opportunity possible to bring those birds back. That we take the responsibility of aiming these shoot them systems at and Dan Compton talking about, you know, him nerding out on everything that goes in the developmental stages of ammo. I, of ammo. I could work for that guy. I'd love to just, you know, be a, a, a intern for a couple months and learn about ammo through his eyes because we, you, you need a lifetime to learn that much. The guy is just a huge resource and I love talking to Dan Compton. So thank you, Dan. Thank you, Rob Roberts for doing our chokes and load podcast episode of the gear issue. After that, we moved on to clothing waiters and camo. We had Josh Dawkins from banded and another, a Louisianan drew Keith from the great property. We call honey break our friends and family at honey break. We talked about the importance of gear when it comes to apparel and waiter skip and how we truly are living in the golden air of hunting because we can stay warmer, drier, comfortable for longer periods of time, not just us, but women and kids and new hunters and veteran hunters and old hunters that are in their eighties that have been doing it for years can be rest assured. They can be more comfortable and dry and warmer out in the blind now. And that helps our lifestyle, right? Skip. Oh, big time, man. People, uh, we all had those bad experiences with the gear back in the day and the uninsulated rubber boots and hip waders and stuff that inevitably would crack at with very minimal usage and were just miserably cold. And I suspect a lot of people left the sport at, at young ages after being hauled out um, in that more primitive gear and in, uh, in the more uncomfortable conditions. I, you know, we've, we've all seen it. So it's, it's a with the gear we have now, we can get out there, stay out there, be comfortable, and hunt longer, and just enjoy it more. And, and I think it's important to say that, Skip, because I've seen a lot of hunters, men, women, kids, be like, no, nah, I don't think I want to go again, Dad. I don't think I want to go again, Mom. It's It was so cold. My feet got wet. You know, that's nobody wants that. 
Mm-hmm. Nobody wants that. So with the with the evolution of gear and Josh Dawkins did a great job. Josh Dawkins was actually replaced by the great Josh Beckham. I should have I should have remembered that. I apologize, Josh Beckham. Josh Dawkins was coming on to the podcast, but he had a thing come up last second with work, and Josh Beckham filled in. And Josh Beckham is a wealth of knowledge. Represents Bandit and Avery and Greenhead gear, and just takes the lifestyle serious and understands the technology, the threading, the seams, the the arc welded stuff that we're that companies are doing. There's a lot of badass clothing being built out there, Skip, by tons of great manufacturers. And I thought Beckham did a great job. Drew Keith, he hunts every day. He's got to stay warm. He's got to stay dry. He takes a nap every day, though, too. I want to make sure I throw Drew under the bus. I've never been able to nap as good as this man. It's like a routine to him when he gets out of the blind and after he eats. This dude can fall asleep as fast as anybody I've seen. So good on you, Drew Keith, taking that nap. It's a skill and it's a wonderful one to have. I've perfected over my lifetime. I wish I could. I was in Panama once and my friends were laughing because I fell asleep leaning against the wall standing up in an airport because our flight was delayed. And yeah, I can I can lay down the fly rod and, and crash on the banks in the bushes just to see my feet sticking out. I'm famous for eating and sleeping in the goose pit. <laughs> That's a good thing to be famous for. I like those. Thank you, Josh Beckham. Thank you, Drew Keith. Honey break. After that, after waiters and apparel, we move on to hunting accessories. And there's a lot of them in here. And they're so important to the hunt. Okay, there's everything in here from soft-sided coolers to racks for your UTVs, your boats, your ATVs, these apps that are out there available for our smartphones that'll tell us where the private property is, where the boundary is, what the altitude is, who the landowner is in some cases, all kinds of different accessories. We chose to have the great Josh Tishner, founder and owner of Mallard View Outdoors, the Ice Eater on here. And I thought that it was an unbelievable episode talking about keeping the honey hole open, Skip Knowles, and what different ways we can use an aerating unit like the Mallard View Outdoors Ice Eater. I just thought that Josh did a great job of laying down some history, some stories, and, and some different ways that we can use these machines and these, these apparatuses to our benefit. Did you enjoy that episode, Skip? Oddly enough, it turned out to... I don't know, personally own an ice eater and it turned into one of my favorite, I've not certainly hunted over them a lot, but one of my favorite episodes, just because Josh has such a, a zeal and a passion for the sport. It felt like a celebration of the sport, you know, having him on and letting him talk about it and, and getting his story of how his company started out of him, and how it was actually, you know, struggling at first and they, they couldn't gain a foothold. And then they took out some ads and wildfowl. I think it was 14 years ago, he said, and they had to, they had to uh, outsource manufacturing after that just to keep up because it went crazy. And no, it was just a cool, inspiring story about someone who had a vision. He said that the, the original ice heaters were something he saw being used in marinas and uh, the light went on in his head. And he's someone who's made a huge difference in extending our seasons in a lot of places, like here in, in uh, on impoundments in Colorado and Kansas. It's uh it's not as you know revolutionary as the mojo, but it made a lot of difference for a lot of folks and enabled them to kill a lot more birds and hunt longer and be more successful. It's just his enthusiasm was fantastic. I love Josh Tishner's wife, Melissa Mallard View Outdoors, and those two states you name, Colorado, Nebraska, or Kansas, 
two of my favorite ice eater states of all time of of attracting big candidates or big flocks of lesser candidates and mallards in your dish on a cattle pond in Kansas or the edge of a gravel pit in, in Colorado on the front range. Ice eater has truly done exactly what you said, Skip Knowles, and extended our season. You might be in a cold spot that only got a week left. And if you're holding some birds in the area because that hasn't been covered up with with snow and you can hold your get your water to stay open, thank you, Tishners. Thank you, Mallard View Outdoors. That was the last section. We covered them all, Skip Knowles. We did it again our second year in a row. I feel like we're going to have to come back for a trifecta third year. I think it's going so well. I like my counterpart, my co-host, Skip Knowles. We work well together. I mean, I don't know if you can compare us to some of the great teams in radio, but I'm sure you can. I would like you guys and girls to to write in and tell us if we compare to the great radio teams in the history of radio and podcasting. But I am honored to be a part of the Wildfowl family and team. This has been another great season of Wildfowl Series Gear Issue Podcast right here at the Fowl Life. We tried to cover it all. We tried to have the best guests on that we could get our hands on. And we hope that all of you boys and girls men and women enjoyed all 10 episodes we wanted to recap it today to say thank you to our guests thank you to skip and his crew at wildfowl thank you to the entire production team here at the foul life and tfl productions we want to bring the best podcast content to you because we know you're listening we see it in the numbers we want to keep growing it and we love being a part of the wildfowl family skip again Congratulations and kudos on another great magazine, the Bible of Duck and Goose Hunters Everywhere, Wildfowl, the giant annual gear issue 2021 to represent the 2021-22 Duck and Goose season right here in North America. Get it at newsstands. Get it in your mailbox. Get it in your hands. Make sure the duck camps you visit have it on their tables or in their bathrooms. Skip, we've said it before. If they don't, I don't know how serious we can take them. We know that's a joke, but come on, y'all. Get Wildfowl. Skip, any closing thoughts on another great podcast series? I just wanted to thank you, Chad. You uh, you get me fired up every single time. Your level of enthusiasm um, is just contagious, and I appreciate the hard work you and Tom and your whole team put into doing this and, and spreading the gospel um, and constantly remember, reminding people to uh, get out there and have fun and, and do it the right way. It's, it's really cool to be a part of it with Wildfowl. And we're going to grow and grow that that issue and across all our digital platforms as well, social and uh, and uh, the web. Um, but so on that note, I'd like people to remember to go to wildfowlmag.com where we are um, posting some of the, I think we've got five up so far, some of the podcasts that we did last year on this exact issue as we uh, get ready to, to fix these up and release them as well, where people can go in. And uh, I'd like for people to, we want to be inviting and, and teaching people um, about this wonderful sport we're so passionate about. And uh, I'd like people to just think of these podcasts as a shortcut. You know, you get to take someone with a great brain in the in a lifetime of experience in the sport, and you get to listen to them, um, pass on all this wisdom that it took them sometimes decades to 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 uh, earn and suffer for and 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 learn and, and then dumping it all on us here in an hour or so with each of these episodes and it's it's really cool it's like a shortcut to learning and i appreciate you chad you silver tongue devil you carry me through this thing every time and i appreciate it so much we are thinking about the folks down in louisiana and wondering what the season holds and if the hurricane will also affect the hunting down there as uh, we head into the teal and the teal opener especially but um uh, this is a great way to pass the time for people to listen to the Gear Issue podcast and get excited about the season. 
Well said, Skip Knowles. We're also going to send our prayers out to a few more. Skip and his family and his wife have experienced some downship the last couple, some hardship the last couple weeks. Um, Skip has pursued and pushed through it to be here to represent Wildfowl and the Wildfowl Magazine crew through these hard times for him and his wife. So keep his family in your prayers. Keep our soldiers and their families in their prayers, the ones serving, the ones that just perished in Afghanistan. I can't say it enough what it means to have soldiers fighting for our freedoms daily. We don't even know what's going on when we wake up and put our boots on the ground to go duck hunting in the United States. So please support our military and say your prayers tonight for those families of those victims and those soldiers that just gave up their lives and perished in the suicide bombing attack at the Kabul airport. Send our prayers down to Louisiana and all of the victims, the businesses, the families suffering through another devastating hurricane, high winds, heavy rains. I know businesses have been affected. Families have been affected. And let's send our prayers to the families of the flood victims in Tennessee. Holy smokes, Tennessee. We are so sorry. We are thinking about you. Let's do what we can to help these families through these troubling times. Send your prayers, send your donations, help out where you see fit. And let's have a safe 2021-22 waterfowl season. Consider the other hunter, have respect, do it with dignity, fly the flag of the American waterfowl hunter with pride and passion and love, respect the resource and the habitat, and have compassion for these ducks and geese that we're pursuing. Let's just all do it together. Let's stop the inner fighting. Let's be on the same team and let's take this lifestyle, this culture, this unbelievable art of waterfowling to the next level and leave it where we found it for many generations to come. We don't want to deter from that. Let's make it better than when we found it. Actually, we want to get new blood into the pipeline. That's what wildfowl believes in. That's what the gear issue does for me. I'm fired up for this coming season. Y'all stay safe. Thank y'all so much for the downloads and the subscriptions to the foul life podcast, as well as our sister podcast. This life ain't for everybody and where the pavement ends. Thank you to skip. Thank you to Layden. Thank you to everybody at the wildfowl crew and family and the outdoor sportsman's group we will leave you with the song my foul life the band is 2am logic we'll see y'all next year Bye.